0: Welcome to the Injury Report. I am your host, Joey Brenner. It is Wednesday, October 19th, right now, as we are doing the first part of our show. With Ryan Alexander here, just a recap of his performance thus far. He has been three, went three and three again last week. He was, he had a really bad break. He missed uh, the Kansas Oklahoma game by one point, and he is 12 and 12 overall. So not making money, but not losing too much, and still able to play. And uh, I'll let you go ahead and talk about your college games of this week.
1: Sounds good, Joey. Hey, 12-12 and 12 after that shaky, what was that, 2-4 and four start that first week or second week, whatever it was? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we'll be back on top after this week, a good 4-2 and two action. <laughs> but um, my college games I have for this week, I have uh, TCU minus 3.5 over Kansas State. Um, I have Cincinnati minus 3 over SMU and I have Oklahoma State plus six and a half uh, against Texas.
0: The only one of those that I'm skeptical about is the Texas game.
1: You think Texas will beat the brakes off them?
0: Yeah, I'm a Quinn Ewers believer.
1: Quinn Ewers believer? I'm a Quinn Ewers hater because you know where I used to be.
0: Yes, and I do. Th- <laughs> I just I want them to be good probably for the reason you don't want them to be good.
1: <laughs> you, you want them to be good, so it's like, yes. Ohio State, I hope you're sad. I want
0: to be bad. So it's like, yeah, see, we didn't need them anyway. Exactly. And then, but yeah, TCU minus three and a half K-State. Cincy minus three over SMU. And then Oklahoma State plus six and a half over, or uh, against Texas. Uh, Did you, uh, oh, the other thing I just wanted to talk about before we get into the NFL games what is it like to be a Cleveland and Ohio sports fan when you don't have the Buckeyes kind of supplement all of the big losses you take over and over and over in a row? <laughs>
1: that's a, that's a great question, Joey. Um, yeah. When the Buckeyes are on a bye and the Indi- Guardians get knocked from the playoffs and the Browns look like crap. Uh, I guess you just pray for the Cavs tonight. And if that doesn't work out, then you just, You just gotta hold your breath till next Sat or this upcoming Saturday when the Buckeyes play again. Because it's a sad world out there as an Ohio, well, mostly Cleveland sports fan.
0: Yeah, I was with my one of my buddies this weekend. We took a little road trip. Alex Vogel down to, and Braden was with me, but he's a Steelers fan, so he doesn't have to deal with the Brownies. But we, on the way down, we caught we streamed the Guardians game on Friday, and they had their. W and then we had the the crazy W on Saturday and then oh, after man. that it was Sunday Sunday was just a rough day we or we had the Browns loss and then the Guardians couldn't continue anything so the rest of the week was pretty tough and usually he has Ohio State to kind of break that up mm-hmm. uh, so that was funny to see.
1: <laughs> for sure. For sure. I need the Buckeyes back. Glad they're coming back Saturday. Got to put it on Iowa to make this week feel a little better.
0: <laughs> and then just I know you're a big-time LeBron guy. I watched some of that game as well last night. And um, my thoughts are, are we just, at this point, are we just hoping that he gets as many stats as possible? Because I don't think that, I mean, 31-14-8 30, 30, on his first night is great. But. I don't think they have a shot at the anything.
1: Yeah, I, I'm gonna have to agree with you there. This season's all about get, uh, passing Kareem and those total points. I the best best Lakers outcome I could see for uh, LeBron and the Lakers is I don't know maybe the fifth or sixth seed. Hopefully, stay out that playing game, but that's still a big if AD and LeBron play most of the season together and they can figure out you know all, everything else that's wrong with that team.
0: The only so. other shooting they really had on that team was Kendrick Nunn and I know they have a ton of point guards but it would be nice to see him, you know, start getting into that rotation a little bit. He used to be a heat player and I really liked him.
1: Yeah, I mean Kendrick Nunn is the only one uh, that really shot the ball well last night he, he was three of six from three but everyone else is struggling so yeah they shot 25
0: percent from three as a team Yeah,
1: t- 10 of 40 is not pretty and I don't see it being too much better than that throughout the season unfortunately but hey I'm, I'm right there with you uh, Kendrick Nunn it was such a weird year last year that he didn't play at all but I mean last night he looked good so maybe that's some optimism moving forward for the Lakers
0: for sure now uh, I have your NFL games here in front of me, and I'm just going to go through all of my notes for them, and then you can uh, kind of give me yours, okay? Sounds good. All right. So we have Indianapolis yeah. at Tennessee, uh, two of my hated rivals. Indianapolis, you have minus 2.5, who you're taking. And they will both – Shaq slash uh, Darius Leonard – is questionable for return after he had his face blown off. And then Jan- or Jonathan Taylor is also questionable to come back this week. So they've been without those guys. That could give them a boost. Uh, the Colts are and Titans just played three weeks ago, and the Titans have had a bye since then. They're coming off the bye this week. So they've they've, you know, back-to-back, and the Titans won by a touchdown last time. And then the Colts – Will be without Ashton Doolin still. He's the receiver that I tackled, so I just always mention him. Um, Alec Pierce is awesome, and Matt Ryan played really well against the Jaguars, with sucks. And then the Titans kind of have a long list of injuries, but no big time names other than um, Taylor, their tackle. And then King Henry, you know, it's getting, as it gets colder, it's going to get closer to his time to shine. So uh, I, I am kind of surprised that they are favored.
1: Tennessee. Yeah. yeah okay. I, I. The way you worded it, I didn't know if you said I picked Tennessee or Indy. I did pick Tennessee minus two and a half. But yeah, I'm kind of surprised we're favorite too. But I, I I like that spread.
0: And it is in Tennessee, so I mean, if they're you're getting, they're they Vegas is saying it's a pretty even team, and you're just getting the the home bump.
1: Mm-hmm pretty much two and a half not many games end in a one or two score game or one or two point win but i guess we'll see
0: i wonder i I wonder if tennessee is upset they didn't give aj brown any more money because he has been a beast
1: he's looked great on the eagles hasn't he
0: yes he has been unstoppable that Jalen Hurts and AJ Brown connection—I I figured it'd be pretty good, but I didn't think it was gonna be this good. Yeah, it really. And Devonte Smith on the other side.
1: Mm-hmm. They got they got great offensive little. Uh, they got a bunch of nice little weapons over in Philly for sure.
0: Do you think that they will <laughs> be able to continue to stay undefeated? The the Eagles.
1: I think the eagle. I mean, have you seen, like, the rest of their schedule? I think the rest of their games remaining, there's only one game that they're um, underdogs in, and I think it's against the Cowboys who they just beat. But, I mean, I don't have their schedule in front of me or anything, but if their hardest game left is the Cowboys, I mean, anything's possible. Um, I mean, it's also so hard to beat any, no matter how bad they are, NFL team, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, and it's it will be interesting to see if, you know, the Giants seem to be the other team that just wins weird. I mean, the Eagles have been solid, so solid this whole time, but and, if the Giants, they just seem like a team that could just trip anybody up right now.
1: Right, right. I agree. And so here's a question for you quick before we go to the next pick. Um, if the Eagles met Tom Brady and the Buccaneers in the playoffs, and you were forced to put fifty dollars on. Say it was the Eagles minus three and a half. You going to take the Eagles in the playoff game against Brady and the Bucks, even though they haven't looked too good this year?
0: I think I will, at this moment I think yes. I think even yeah. I I assume at that point the game would be. In Philly, which would be huge, and also I think even if it was in Tampa Bay, I would still hammer Philly three and a half right now. Yeah, I mean they just did. You get to see or listen to any of the game against Pittsburgh?
1: I didn't watch. No, I didn't watch many much of that game.
0: I think I I I'm disappointed. That is something I was observing. I don't like that Tom Brady's not going out as gracefully as they, i would have hoped you know i wish I he kind of would have retired last year after he's coming off of that nfc um the game before the okay. nfc championship the divisional game where they almost yeah. came back or even the super bowl it sucks that he's not he, we have to see the decline if this is the decline if the, you know who knows but if yeah. this is it i don't want to see it it's,
1: same with lebron in basketball i mean he's not even really declining but like he's declining and he can't impact games as he used to you know what i'm saying so like we gotta watch brady and lebron just play on struggling teams it's i mean if you're a lebron or brady hater you're loving it but i mean obviously i'm a lebron lover but even i've never been a big tom brady fan but i still don't like how the season's going for him so far because you don't want a goat like that to ever look like he's beatable you know
0: (laughs) yeah and i agree that I don't think LeBron is in a similar thing. I think, yeah, he's not going to in a position to compete for a championship, but he's still going to – I mean, 31, 14, and 10 is – or 8 is good for anybody. Oh, absolutely. And the Brady thing is he's also falling apart outside of football, which is the part that's like, oh, it's just – everything's that's just coming true. off. He just would have walked away, I think, last year. Maybe we're not even talking about him, and he's still just the GOAT untouchable.
1: Yeah, I, I totally agree um, with every point you just made. Especially that it's tough to watch off the football field stuff. I I mean, whether it was his fault, whose fault, it doesn't really matter. It still it still sucks to watch someone go through that. Especially the level and competitiveness and how much he's brought to the game of football. Like a guy like him, it, it sucks to see.
0: The only he,
1: go ahead. He just looks so. Just like defeated and depressed in his face, and I don't like that. I like watching him throw the uh, the trophy over the grog from boat to boat. You know?
0: Yeah. <laughs> yes, I agree a hundred percent. And now that we've talked about every other team, let's get back to the ones that you've chosen. Um, so now you have Kansas City, who's also a favorite. You have them minus three, and they will be playing in San Francisco. So I'm just going to talk about Blake Bell, who's a backup tight end. He used to play quarterback for Oklahoma, and they have done some trick plays and stuff for him. He's kind of their blocking back opposite, or tight end opposite Kelsey, and he is going to be out. He's been out with a hip flexor injury, and that is just a muscles or a group of muscles that bring your knee up, kind of if you're bending your knee and bringing it up. That It flexes your hip pretty much. And the strain that he has, there's a couple of different muscles that are involved. Usually the rectus femoris, which is the top muscle in your quad, that does help flex your quads, but that's not usually what is injured. It's usually the iliopsoas, which is a where the iliacus, which starts on the inside of your hip, and then your psoas muscle, which starts in the front of your vertebrae, come together and then go down to your femur, and when they flex, they bring your quad or your whole leg up towards, um, they flex your hip again, and they have to run under a ligament, and it's just a tight space down there that they have to fit into. They're not super huge muscles, and because of the range of motion of that hip, they can be easily strained and put in poor position. I've had a hip flexor strain. Mine wasn't that bad. It just kind of feels like if you, if you warm up right, it helps a lot, and it uh, just kind of feels like you have a little bit of burning every time you run around. So that's just something he'll be dealing with. He's out. Uh, other than that, Kansas City is fairly healthy. San Francisco, their secondary, and this is not good for them, their secondary uh, is going to be – they're without Emmanuel Mosley, their corner with a possible ACL tear. Charverius Ward, their other corner, came out of the Atlanta game. He did not finish with a groin injury. And then their safety, Hafunga Talanoa Hafunga finished the game with a head injury but then now entered the protocol. So he may or may not play depending on the the concussion protocol. And then the Niners might get back offensive tackle Trent Williams, who's one of the best in the game, and then opposite him, Defensive end Nick Bosa, who could also be back. So I kind of like the pick considering one, Casey doesn't really lose two in a row, two, the San Francisco secondary is really beat up, and then uh, I don't think that Nick Bosa will have a huge impact even if he does come
1: back. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I'm not going to lie, I basically picked this game because like you said, Kansas City doesn't lose two in a row often, so I kind of expect them just to come out and, you know, be Kansas City, and even if they didn't lose last week, I still probably would have picked this minus three game, but I don't see Kansas City losing two in a row, and I see them winning this game regardless.
0: And I think sometimes that, you know, don't overthink it. It's, it's Kansas City, only minus three, and they just lost.
1: Right. Right. That that adds up to uh, make some money, I think.
0: I agree. Um, And then the other thing, I don't know if you were able to watch any of the Bills and Chiefs, but that defense that they ran where they spied and just kind of they spied Mahomes and had everybody else kind of play soft defense, (laughs) just try to not give up the big play. I think that that is a recipe for the Chiefs just because they have, even when they've looked sloppy over the years, that big play, they get one-a-half. And you just got to, sure. like, if you can take that away, that really does sometimes hurt them when Mahomes tries to go off script and they get too cute with things. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. But I think that the, the beat-up secondary for Ken, or San Francisco will kind of take that out of the running. Yep, yeah, I agree. And then your last pick... We have Houston traveling to Las Vegas, who are the home favorites, and they are minus seven, which I have to agree. My notes for this game are I hate the Texans. And Darren Waller did not practice today with a hamstring, but that doesn't mean he won't play. He's, he's got a hamstring injury, but they can do a lot for that in the remaining days. Yeah, for sure. I uh... – I mean the Raiders started off what one and four, or are they still one and four? They had a bye last week. Yeah, and, oh yeah, they're both they're. I think they're both coming off of a bye week.
1: I think you're right. Yep. So long two weeks for both teams to prepare. Um, I think you and a lot of people would agree with me that the Raiders have the better roster. Um, they have Devonte Adams, who's probably in a class of his own. I they have. Better running backs, probably. They have better O-line and definitely a better defense. So
0: I, I think the Raiders could win this game by 10-14. to 14. I would have to agree with that sentiment, especially with the Raiders trying to dig themselves out of the hole that they're in. And I think the Texans come out every game trying to win, and then if you let them stick around, they'll do what they can. But I don't think they really expect to win any game. So if you put them down early – and I think the combination of Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams, maybe Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro's back, that whole group coming out of a bye week, uh, just put them down early and let the Texans be the Texans.
1: I agree with you. Let the Texans be the Texans, and I hope this is uh, the six and zero week I'll get right.
0: Hey right, man, let's just let's get a little hold of our. You know we can drop one maybe, but let's uh, <laughs> not get ahead of ourselves.
1: Baby steps, baby steps.
0: The other t- thing I wanted to talk to you about, if you had any time, was just the redeem team. We didn't really get to talk about that.
1: Oh, we did. We were texting about that that uh, what last weekend for a while. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, man. What what a great show. Um, I mean, I guess I don't know. Did you think you learned anything that you didn't know before? I mean, I I knew Wade came off the bench. I knew Kobe was kind of the lead I mean it was Kobe and LeBron they were on top of the NBA there but Kobe was kind of like the veteran over LeBron because LeBron still wasn't that old I mean that was 08 so he was only 5 years into the league so he was probably only 23, 24 Kobe was probably what 28, 29 so I mean it, it was an awesome documentary a nice little honor to Kobe as well um it was crazy watching Mello, LeBron, Wade um, on that O four 4 team at first. You know what I mean? How young they were. And yeah. How they were, like, gelling together with Iverson, Marbury, all those boys.
0: I thought that all the Kobe stuff was just awesome. You loved to see that. Seeing what – They like just remembering what the other stuff those guys were going through at the time. Like just hearing LeBron say, man, you know, I sit around sometimes and I'm like, if I had Carlos Boozer on my team, if I had Dwayne Wade on my team, if I had, you know, like he really was like just shouldering everything. And just remembering that he remembering like Kobe had that reputation at that time that he just didn't pass and was a selfish player. Dwayne Wade was coming out of the injuries Mellow wasn't a hard worker. You know, like all this stuff that yeah. and just how they all came together for that. It was it was really cool to see. I agree.
1: It was a great documentary. I knew I'd like it regardless, but yeah, it was a great documentary. I, I enjoyed watching it and, I, and I'll probably watch it again.
0: Yeah. I thought the other thing was it's crazy that like Kobe is just Kobe like no matter what he's doing he's just locked in like all the time super super intense that's just who he was and then LeBron it was awesome to just see because he's often put in places where he has to speak in such important topics now and he's always trying because he's trying to build a legacy and all this it was just so much fun to see him be goofy LeBron. Like, I'm the man and I'm going to run this thing, but I'm going to do it so we all have fun because that's the best way to do it.
1: fully totally agree. I mean, even that one scene, it was. I think Kobe was saying like, oh, you a comedian or something like that. It, it was nice to see LeBron kind of not have to be so serious like he is now in the past few years. But um, yeah, it was nice to see LeBron goofing around just kind of being his old young self.
0: Yeah, I mean... What It was a special treat. Oh, and the other thing, it was just funny to see Mello kind of be him. You know, those guys, all the other two guys kind of be themselves too. Like, Dwayne Wade gets fired up because I think he thinks, especially without injuries, that he would have been, like, one of the greatest of all time. And he he is one of the greatest of all time. But I
1: was just going to say he should think
0: that. Yes, 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 he is. But, like, he just puts himself – up there, maybe, and he's he's just very aware of where he ranks. I think, and any anything he takes as slander, he really it really <laughs> fires him up. I mean, he said like, "I'll give you Kobe, maybe," but you know, the other guy, no. And yeah. uh, talking about
1: Ginobili.
0: Yes, yes, and then you know, Mello, like, yeah, we all got up and started lifting. You know, I, I waited till like eight. I'm not getting up at five thirty, but you know, like. <laughs>
1: That's that's a perfect mellow sentence. Yes.
0: Yeah, the whole thing. It was just cool to uh, see those guys be themselves in that. And just that's just who they are.
1: I completely agree. I highly recommend that documentary to any somewhat basketball fan. Uh, It was on Netflix, I think, right?
0: Yes. Yep. Yep. And those are all the guys we grew up with, too, which is why I think it was so special.
1: See, even seeing the 0-4 team with Tim Duncan and like those guys it was like oh that's so cool to see even though they didn't win
0: <laughs> right but alright man well uh, thanks for hopping on and yes hopefully this is an above 500 as opposed to 500 even though like I said you know if I went 500 every week uh, I'm not making money but I'm still not losing much and having a good time doing it so
1: Well, thanks for having me on again, brother. Um, And let's hope for a positive weekend this week.
0: Sounds good. (laughs) All right. So we're back on Thursday. Happy sports equinox. We have football, NFL, and college, soccer, hockey, er, or MLS. Soccer playoffs, the NHL returns, the NBA returned on Tuesday. There will be those games tonight. So all of those games, hopefully you have lots of screens in front of you all day and can take it in because this is only the 26th time that this has happened. To start, we're going to go into the MLB, just something that I was thinking about on a conversation with my dad last night. Shane Bieber was held out of a deciding game in the ALDS for the Cleveland Guardians against the New York Yankees. There was a postponement from Game 5, which would have delayed the game from Monday to Tuesday. He last pitched on Friday. Now, I am curious to know whether or not the rest days really do prevent injuries, because My dad said that someone interviewed Terry Francona, and he said, I will not pitch Shane Bieber because I don't want to put him in that situation because I don't want to get him hurt. Now, my immediate thought is it is, you know, winner take all, game five. If you have a chance to play him, you do. And if you look at the result of the game, they really just had one bad inning with their starter, Savale that led to the Yankees really winning that game. It was really just that one inning. And Shane Bieber had it would be three days in between games. He did have 101 pitches, which is a lot, but it's a winner-take-all game. So I did some research, and the thing is all of these – pitch counts and time between games and stuff that does seem to really make a difference for younger pitchers. When you're in second grade or fifth grade and you're learning how to throw those curveballs and stuff, it puts a lot of strain on those joints. I saw that fastballs put the most overall wear and tear on joints while cutters sliders sinkers all anything with movement the breaking balls will put more on the elbow specifically but overall the pitch count does have a large effect on performance and it's whether it's over five days or a season you can see trends change in era and stuff like that for even professional pitchers but And I guess that would account for, like, the overall days and rest days as well because the more rest days, the less overall pitches you will throw. But Shane Bieber didn't have to potentially go the whole time. I don't know. You know, I don't think saving someone for a series you're not in yet doesn't seem like a good idea, especially a longer series. The ALDS is only a five-game series – You know that if you get Bieber, even if he just pitches three innings, if he just has 50 pitches, and you do win that game, you can push him off at the very, you know, even if it's only a four-game series, he will have three games, including a travel day in between there, to catch back up. If it sounds like my voice is shaking, it's pretty cold in here, and I think I am quivering a little bit, but... So I was just uh, disappointed in that decision for the Guardians. I respect that he is making the decision, taking it out of Bieber's hands, and saying, "I don't want you to get hurt." But I think he and everyone else in that organization—and again, you know—it makes a difference. If you really trust Valle, it's not that big a deal, and you really think he can go out and get you some quality innings. But when he's your best pitcher, I think giving him the opportunity to play would have been smart. And you know, hindsight's 2020. But that was just an odd thing that I came across, and it really did seem like pitch count was the overall determining factor. So if you have the relief that the the Guardians do, maybe just putting Bieber out there for a couple innings would have prevented a loss and not really had a huge impact on his injury potential. Because really, what is the difference between one pitch and the next in – you know that throwing it's it is a lot of wear and tear I understand but I don't think the 101st and 102nd pitches potentially have that big of an impact overall so in the playoffs too going to the NBA which I mentioned kicked off just some notable injuries that you know you might see some teams without some players out there the losers of the finals the Boston Celtics will be without Robert Williams remember he was dealing with knee issues and that meniscus and stuff throughout the finals and really that whole playoff run he had surgery to clean that up and he also had platelet-rich platelet plasma injections which I think he did that in the heat series at one point to kind of heal that but he will be out for most of the first half of the season, They slate that he might be back for the second half of the season. For Chicago, the Bulls will be without Lonzo Ball. He had a similar surgery. He had some nerve issues in his knee, so he had that cleaned up. One of the things that can happen there is there are bursas and fat pads in the knee that kind of cushion that – area where there's two you know the femur rests on top of the tibia and when you're jumping and cutting and planting there's just a lot of pressure in there well if your meniscus gets a little charred up or things just slide the wrong way they can pinch that fat pad and that can be painful I had something similar in football that I thought was a you know a serious injury and it really was just kind of some swelling and some stuff shifting around so A little bit of rest helped me, but I'm not a professional athlete, and I don't think it was probably as severe. And so Lonzo will be out. And unfortunately, they did not need him to beat the Heat last night. The Lakers will be without Dennis Schroeder. He had an ulnar collateral ligament tear in his thumb in the preseason. That is the ligament that is on the ulnar side, the pinky side of your thumb, and it gets damaged if your thumb gets pushed back. So, you know, if he's running by and catches a ball, goes off his hand wrong, pushes his thumb back towards his elbow, or he, you know, catches someone's jersey while he's running, that can be the cause of that. And that is actually a cool surgery they do. I've talked about that internal bracing that they do a lot for most ligamental dares now, including the ACL and most of the knee things, so they'll put little screws or anchors into both sides of the lig or yeah, where the ligament inserts and originates and then feed a thread through the ligament to kind of support it. And that really cuts down on recovery time. He should only be out for about another month. Memphis, the Grizzlies are gonna be without Jaron Jackson who had a stress fracture in his foot possible list frank like the thunders chet holmgren who did that this year but jaron jackson should only be about one to three months out where chet holmgren might miss the whole year chris middleton remember he was dealing with an mco he also just tore a wrist ligament Uh, depending on what that is i couldn't really find any details on which ligament that was but the triangular fibrocartilage between the ulna and radius in his wrist, those are the two bones in your forearm. That is most likely healed with uh, like something like the, the internal brace. And then he's also got the scapholunate or lunotri- tri- uh, lunotriquetral ligaments, which are at the base of your carpals which are those tiny little bones in your wrist that make up your wrist joint and those two when they are damaged are usually either fused or pinned together now that just gets rid of any pain it also gets rid of any motion in that joint but those bones should not move that much as it is so I doubt that that would affect him and that is probably the way they would go if that were the case in his injury And then Orlando's Gary – they are out without a lot of players to start the season. Gary Harris is out with a knee injury still. Mo Wagner with an ankle. Markel Fultz with a toe. And Cole Anthony was sick for their opener in Detroit. But Paolo Bencaro did look good for his debut, in which he had 27-5-9. and That's a pretty good start for the number one overall pick. And now that we have – Rush through some basketball and baseball. We'll get back into the NFL. Dak Prescott is cleared to play, and I think it's a good time for them to kind of ease him into a game against the Lions, who aren't really a slup-up. You can't really slough them off or ignore them, but they are not really a super dangerous team you're worried about him getting really roughed up against. The Lions should also get back... Amon Ross St. Brown and DeAndre Swift which will help them continue to try to avoid such devastating losses. Mac Jones is also healthy but there's no word on whether or not he will start against the Bears at home this week. Bailey Zappi has been playing well and Bill Belichick doesn't like to say who will get the start. I think that he has enjoyed Zappi's play. Zappi throws the ball a little bit harder and there are some reports that Mac Jones asks a little bit too many questions he likes to really get a good understanding of the team I think the team likes him but I don't think that Belichick likes any questioning at all that might just be a difference in style or generation but Bailey Zappi's been performing well and This is a game that they need to win to kind of stay relevant. Justin Fields should be back for that game. He was never out, but he had some shoulder issues. If you watched any of the game against the Commanders, he really got beat up last Thursday. Hopefully the extra rest should help him come back fully ready to go against the New England Patriots. The Browns are pretty beat up, but they should have a full front line with Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney and so forth. Ward should be back as well. Uh, No Anthony Walker still, their linebacker, which makes me think that linebackers might be becoming more important. My dad started, you know, when we were talking about it, said something about that recently. It could be that way that you know, we've been away from linebackers, and they're getting away from the big, burly linebackers and more small, underneath, fast guys. But, I mean, they couldn't stop anybody, especially the run against New England. And you can see in teams with other linebacker injuries that not only does it hurt the run game, it also hurts the pass game just because they are really responsible for so much area underneath, and that is how teams are moving the ball especially when the style change of not letting anything go over the top, as Ryan and I talked about, keeping everything underneath is important if you are a linebacker, you know, that's your job as a linebacker. And you also do have to deal with the run. So that is just something to be cognizant of as linebackers might get more and more, Opportunities as far as contracts go, where they used to kind of be a plug and play player, as I believe running backs still are, other than the occasional few, that might be more and more important for a well rounded defense and really something that separates a good defense from a great defense. And the Browns are at Baltimore, who they're starting to get those similar losses like I was talking about with the Lions and the Browns, where it's just harder to fight through an injury if you just keep giving it your all and you're right there and you lose. I mean, the Ravens have they're three and three right now and they've trailed a total of 120 seconds. So out of what three or six hours, six 480 minutes, they've trailed for two of them of football that they've played and they're three and three. So Lamar Jackson is beat up with a hip aggravation. JK Dobbins is still dealing with his knee and then their receiver, Rashad Bateman, is still dealing with a foot injury, and those are just starting to pile up for them. They you know, they've had really bad injury luck. Even Ricard, their fullback, is just not feeling great. So they've all been limited in practice recently. I don't know how they've been doing any real on field practice, considering everybody's hobbling around that place. Atlanta hosts Cincinnati. They won last week without Cordero Patterson, and they're going to have to do so again. He's going to have about three more weeks of sideline time with a minor procedure, most likely a meniscus. They're pretty hush-hush about what happened to him. And then Cincinnati, they are pretty healthy, but uh, Chase, Hurst, and Higgins, all of Burrow's weapons are limited in practice this week as well. So... As far as unders have still been going, that might be a good under game. This Atlanta team has been really scrappy. I mean, they took on a tough Niners team last week and won. But, I mean, the way unders have been going, I think this might be another one. Carolina has both corners. J.C. Horn, who has a rib injury, and C.J. Henderson, who used to be a Jaguar, and is concussed. They'll be out against tampa bay who's really stru- struggling they'll be going to tampa bay and they also will probably be with pj walker again at quarterback lavisca chenault another former jaguar should be making his carolina debut with a hamstring from a hamstring injury and tampa bay doesn't have any new injuries but they just might stink i mean we talked about it a little bit yesterday it is Looks like the steep, steep cliff of Father Time has finally caught up to Tom Brady. And the team around him is just not the same as it was. It's almost as if, you know, Peyton Manning, when he had his fall off, he still had that great team around him and they were able to go out with the Super Bowl. And Tom Brady had that opportunity and had that, not the Super Bowl opportunity last year, but that. Close game, a good final shove in the playoffs, and it is just looking gross. And I think they still will win the division, but like we said, Atlanta is looking feisty. So I think that it might just be time for TB12 to hang up the cleats. And it is an unfortunate timing with everything that's going on with him. Uh, maybe he, you know, steps into the box and does a great job, but I think it. I'm going to call my shot. I think TB's done. I don't think he wins a playoff game this year. They might make the playoffs just due to their schedule and division, but I don't think they make it out of the wild card round, the super wild card round. The Jaguars will be hosting the New York Giants, who will be getting back their receivers, Kenny Galladay and Kadarius Tony, And wow, wow. Good timing for them because the Jaguars can't stop the pass, as they've seen recently. Shaq Griffin's girlfriend went off about how much money he makes and how nothing else matters and screw the fans. Well, it feels like Shaq is playing that way. So if they can either get him to contribute or get him off the field, I would appreciate it. They also lose speedy linebacker Clavon Chasen with a meniscus injury, and that – really was noticed last week against the Colts that underneath protection you know he really does cover a lot of ground and they couldn't stop the run especially the pass against the Colts the Giants are going to continue to try to just be good and I think they will I think they'll get a I whenever I predict the Jaguars win they lose so I'm just going to say the Jaguars are going to lose this one and hope I get a little backdoor something there Another struggling team who's going the other way with their receivers is the Packers. Instead of gaining receivers, they'll be without both Sammy Watkins and Randall Cobb. David Bakhtiari might, or he should play this week, but who knows for how long. He's always hurt, and then even Aaron Rodgers is dealing with a throwing thumb injury. I don't think Rodgers is quite facing the cliff, falling off the cliff that Tom Brady is. But I don't think the Packers are maybe good. They were supposed to be led by their defense, and their defense just doesn't look good, and their offense is way out of whack. Uh, I think, you know, the Raiders aren't really winning games without – or with Devontae Adams, but I think that he really is a game changer, and Aaron Rodgers is sorely missing him. And, you know, he's not even going to have the other weapons this week. The other notable news is they will be facing not Carson Wentz, who is out with a ring finger break in his throwing hand, but Taylor Heineke, who had a good game against them last year, arguably should have won but did the old uh, – he like dove for the end zone and was down before. He like tried sliding into the end zone but didn't know that when you give yourself up as a quarterback, you're down when you start the slide. So he was down at the one, and they made a goal line stand. So uh, that will be a good – interesting matchup again this year and uh heineke's back you know he's been in and out of that starting role really for the last couple years and he gets to take it on again so is he the most commander commander there is uh since they changed their name from the redskins he might be the denver broncos are going to host the new york jets without linebackers Aaron Patrick, who tore his ACL last week, and cornerback Isang Bassi, who hurt his hamstring. Now one thing that you know we see a lot of hamstrings, I just kind of mentioned it. I've gone over how it's a two joint cover muscle. You know, it helps with hip extension and knee flexion. But there are ways to train The hamstrings to prevent that stuff and one of the things is just teach the hamstrings to be strong in positions that are suboptimal so when that the muscles have overlapping fibers and there's a certain point i've talked about this before where you feel where you're the strongest so if you're doing a curl you have the barbell or the dumbbell at the bottom your arm is extended you know it's hard kind of kind of to get that started there's not much overlap between the muscle fibers, so you're not really getting very strong there. And then at the top, you know, if you're, you're flexed all the way up with that bicep, someone could probably pull you down a few inches or so, but then it gets hard a few inches down right in the middle. And that's that optimal point of where the muscle fibers are their strongest uh, crossing over each other. You know, They're not overly bunched up, but they're not stretched way out. Well, one of the ways to teach muscles to be resistant to strains and pulls and such is to strengthen them at that point of all the way stretched out. So there's a couple, we used to do a lot of cleans that just teach fast motion, twitches, build strength there. Um, Russian deadlifts, or Romanian deadlifts, RDLs, is where you hip hinge, so you just bend your hips, you keep your legs straight, you kind of bend over and touch your toes with weight, and that just teaches your leg to be strong in that position. It doesn't really work your hamstring per se, but it does just teach it to be okay being under stress in that position. Now, you don't want to overdo any of this. And then another one is the Nordic hamstring curls. So, that is when you have your ankles supported, you're on your knees, and then you lean forward and then pull yourself back up. And all these things, they not only strengthen the hamstring, as we said, but When you're running, if you stick your leg out too far, you know, you overextend, you can put that in an uncomfortable position and the muscle's reaction to being that far stretched out is just to try and contract really fast and that can cause that muscle tearing and damage and that can damage the ligament or the muscle fibers themselves. So putting them in those positions more often just teaches the muscles to be... that they are okay and they won't have that little contraction that can cause that injury. And then the Jets, who are at Denver, they are pretty healthy. And uh, another just note from this game, the NFL is getting pretty good. It looks like the next couple weeks kind of hiding the Broncos. You know, we had to suffer through quite a few primetime games, just like the one on Monday night against the Chargers. They've all been weird, and now the NFL plays the Jets, and then next week they go to London to play the Jaguars. So they might be over before you even wake up on Sunday, and you won't even have to worry about them. And those are two teams. Luckily, you know, a lot of those Sunday morning games in London hurt people with fantasy teams those uh, players over there I don't think you're gonna have to worry about it a bunch for the Jags or the Broncos those are just not teams guy with a lot of guys that people have in fantasy for Seattle they are without Travis Homer who has a injury they're running back and then they're all they're starting running back Rashad Penny is still out so I think that Kenny Walker will have a good game. I liked watching him, as I said, in college, and I think that he will just get a majority of those snaps over the next couple of weeks. The They are playing the Chargers in LA, who are no new injuries. You know, they're still without Bosa. Um, Mike Williams was back, but Keenan Allen was still out. My buddy Alex pointed out, it was kind of funny, that Brian Robinson, the Commanders running back who was shot twice, has appeared more recently than Keenan Allen in a football game. So this is a big week of implications for the AFC West and NFC West, where if you would have told me that the Chiefs and Niners were battling at the top of their divisions to kind of hold on, I would have believed you. But if you would have said the Seahawks and Chargers were in the same boat, I would not. The Chiefs and Chargers are both 4-2, and two. The Niners, Rams, and Seahawks are all three and three. So we could see some major changes between those two games in those two divisions. I think the Chiefs should be able to handle the Niners pretty easily. And I think the Seahawks might be able to kind of jump a hold of that division. The Rams are off this week. So if the Seahawks can pull out a win... Almost halfway through the season, they will be in sole possession of the NFC West. And that, you know, assumes a Niners loss as well. Wow. I thought they were going to be tanking at the beginning of the year. And then our last NFL game to cover is the return of Tua. He will be back. The Dolphins will be without cornerback Nick Needheim, who damaged his Achilles, and linebacker Trey Flowers, who hurt his foot. So that defense that's been kind of holding up the boat without Tua will host the Pittsburgh Steelers. TJ Watt is still out for the Steelers. He's going to be a couple weeks away. And then the Steelers are, which I didn't see really coming, at the bottom of the AFC North, but only a game out. That's a really bunched-up division. And the Dolphins are starting to slide. They have to be careful about the Jets. So just looking at the NFL standings right now, most of the divisions are pretty condensed. Uh, the, The Raiders are starting to slip behind in the AFC West. The Buffalo Bills are starting to pull ahead. They're only a game up on the Jets, but they only have a loss in the AFC East. The... NFC East is pretty tight with the Eagles undefeated, Giants with one loss, and Cowboys with two. And then the Commanders are falling behind there. And the Vikings are pulling away in the NFC North. Other than that, everybody's still pretty bunched up. Oh, and then the NFC South, the Panthers are really bad. Really bad. And that kind of wraps up the NFL picture. As we go through all of these... Sporting events. I was talking with my buddy Braden and his dad about the expanding the college football playoff and the potential injury implications. And unfortunately, I think that's just part of sports. You know, you can't go through seasons without that. And it does change sports, it changes a lot, but it's part of the season. And I think you should do as much as you can to prevent it. But the work and body the work on the body and everything that goes through the off season and all that should count as part of the game and it is part of the game so just like you know a field goal bouncing off an upright that's just you know off or a f- fumble bouncing a wrong way there's so many things that alter a bad call here injuries really do uh, impact games and it's about that culture and that next man up mentality that separates championship teams from, you know, mediocre teams. Uh, They're unfortunate, but as I've gotten into this podcast, it's been lots of fun to kind of keep up and see how they shape the course of a season. I mean, we already talked about some notable NBA injuries and we are a game or two into the season at this point. So, Don't get frustrated. It's part of life, and hopefully your team just has better injury luck than someone else's. Stay safe, and instead of go Jags this week, I'll just say enjoy your sports equinox.